Who's your final girl? That's weird. Let me ask that again. <laughs> Who is your favorite final girl? Are you talking about like the last female survivors in a horror movie? Yeah, you know that trope. There's always the one that survives, makes it out alive. Of course. Hmm. I think I'll go with Sydney from Scream. Really? Yeah, I liked her. She had her shit together. Exactly. And she fucking kicked ass. Wasn't like weepy or whiny. I liked that. Uh, <laughs> she just, yeah, she just whipped the shit out of him and moved on. No weeps, up. no whines. No. I know this is probably the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to you, movie character, but if you could be a bit stronger about it, please. Well, that's a fairly modern option, and that was 20 years ago, right? Yeah. Well, Garrett, what do you think? I'm going with the classic Laurie Strode. Laurie Strode. I mean, one of the first ones. Yeah, definitely just, weepy, though. Well, you know, she, she had a bit going on there, but she kind of stepped it up. She really made it happen. And then, you know, when the uh, Halloween remake came out, she really stepped it up. True. So I'm going to go with Ripley from Alien. Oh, shit. She's the most badass, I think. But she did have access to some pretty heavy artillery, so I don't know. Does she count? I, mean, I don't she, know. She, well, she was the final one on Alien. Oh, that's a tough one. I guess so. I mean, technically, yeah. She's, she is badass, so good call. Yeah. I mean, the cat survived, too, so. Jonesy the cat. Well, who else is out there? We got Alice from Friday the 13th. Nancy. We've got Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, uh, and um, Sally from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Allison, also from Nightmare on Elm Street. She, Which one was she in? She is the one from three to four. She's the one with the superpowers? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You have Homegirl from um, The Candyman. Oh, yeah. And she died at the end, didn't she? Yeah, that's right. She got sucked into the, oh, the that's right, she did. bonfire. I think technically to be a final girl, you have to survive to the end of the movie. Now, one of the other tropes that they love to do is kill them off in the next film. Yes, a la Jason. Yeah, Alice, she got it. She bit it right away, like 10 minutes into uh, Friday Part 2. Yeah. And then Nancy ended up getting killed off in Dream Warriors, right? Yeah. Hmm. And I guess uh, Sally never made it back to any Nancy, Texas Chainsaws, I don't think. No. Nancy makes a comeback, though, for New Nightmare. It's supposed to be the actress, though, right? right? So that technically doesn't count, I think. But in the movie, it doesn't matter, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Move into the episode. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark, again joined by Garrett and John. You're having a real hard time with our names yeah. lately. Jared is a name. You've been Jareding us a lot. Jared though. is also a name, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. You You're guys need different our names initials. together. It's GIF or JIF. Make up your mind. <laughs> <laughs> how you guys doing today? I'm a little under the weather, but I'm doing okay. Uh, fine is how I'd sum it up. Okay. Yeah. We've done something different today. It's right. We're not in our usual Grave Talk studios. No. It's more than just recording on a Friday also. We've left the uh, town. We left our area. Yeah. Where'd we go? Uh, to a different area. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We not went to the, the, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, house, the relocated house, as we'll talk about, and the gas station. Yes, so for the 76th episode, we are celebrating the 45th anniversary of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, we are fortunate enough to be within uh, driving distance of several of the locales used. So we got up early this morning, at least for a Saturday. I don't normally get up before 10 p.m. when I don't have to. 10, 10, 10 a.m.? 10 a.m. <laughs> See, I can't even... It's been a long day, clearly. We've been on the road. 
uh, 10 a.m. And we drove over to Kingsland, Texas and had lunch brunch at the Grand Central Cafe, which used to be the Sawyer home, which was located in Round Rock, Texas, but since been uprooted in 1998 and moved out to Kingsland. Uh, what did you guys think of this place? It was cool. It didn't have quite as much Texas Chainsaw heritage as I would have expected. They're really in the railroads, but uh, but it was cool. <laughs> well, because the location they moved it to, like the whole history of that town was kind of like based around that railroad history. So it kind of makes sense that they incorporated it in. But yeah, they it's weird. They kind of dipped their toe into the chainsaw aspect of this house. But it's like hidden in a back room. <laughs> you know, we, we got up and we had a lot of questions going in, right? It's like, okay, so why did they do this? You know, why did they move the house? Um, like you were saying, the Antlers Inn, which I think is the place called it, bought the place, mm-hmm. bought the uh, Sawyer house. Um, like what, how do you, how much do you think that would have cost? Why put in the effort, you know, to really move it, you know, an hour away and then drop it off and completely change it into a restaurant and then maybe barely have, you know, got some photos on the wall. But otherwise than that, it's just, you know, business as usual for a cafe. I mean, they've definitely embraced the fact that it is the Sawyer house. I mean, they do, some people working there knew a few things about trivia. They knew what it was. They talk about how like a lot of people would have come from all over the world to, to look at this house. Um, which is now the the cafe restaurant, but um, yeah, it just felt it felt very off brand. It's like they they didn't quite be like this is the Sawyer House or this is the the Railroad Cafe. It's kind of like they just didn't really know which one they wanted to go full force with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we were we were speaking to someone who was working at the Antlers, and uh, you know we were asking our questions like, hey, why is this a thing? Why did this even happen? And they said they were going to tear that house down. Right? Yeah, it was ready to get like torn down, like it was going to be demolished. And instead of demolishing it in Round Rock, they decided to cut it up and move it to Kingsland, Texas. Yeah. Still don't know the financial benefits of that. It can't be cheap. Or right? if it was just a labor of love or someone just didn't want to see such an icon get torn down. But um, yeah, they moved it all the way out there. But um, really nice. They cleaned it up really good. I mean, for being a house that was going to get torn down. It's still in pretty solid condition. I'm sure they've redone a bit of it, but it, the inside was still very nice. Yeah, still recognizable. Got a new, uh, you know, coat of paint. Um, the food is excellent. Also, uh, yeah, I walked out of there. We'll concur on that for sure. Very satisfied with the food and drink yeah. there. So definitely, if you're in the area, you're a fan of the movie. Go check out the Grand Central Cafe. Have lunch, and they do have some photos on the wall. Like I said, they also have some original stills of the the movie reel, which was cool. You can, they'll let you wander around and just tour the place at your own leisure, really. But if you're a fan of horror movies and you're a fan of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think we'd all recommend going checking it out. Yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. uh, definitely a must hit. So from there, we drove to the other side of Austin, <laughs> uh, two hours away to Bastrop County and Bastrop itself, where the gas station featured in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre still stands, still looks pretty legit like it did back in the movie. Um, this one has been turned a little more touristy. It's kind of what I expected out of the Grand Central Cafe, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, really playing into the movie horror. They've got a lot of items for sale, a lot of uh, autographs. The original truck from the movie's out front. It may not be the original van, but it's damn close. If it's not the original, it's the same model for sure. Yeah, they have a really nice replica type thing. Yeah, so that's where we're at right now. We rented one of the cabins in the backyard of the place. We had some barbecue. We've been relaxing. We just finished the movie, watched it here at the gas station. And uh, what do you guys think of the gas station? That's the name of the place, by the way. Yes, this place is pretty cool. I like it more than the house because it 
does embrace it by far. Highly re- also very good food. They sell barbecue here, uh, and it's delicious. Yeah, the food is really, really good. May or may not be people. Yeah. Not quite sure. Uh, I don't want to pry, to be honest, because I really <laughs> enjoyed it. So Don't Pr- question the cooks, man. Amen. Pretty sure it's not people, but yeah, hey, we, be, didn't, we didn't confirm. We're not saying that it is people. We're also not saying that it isn't people. Yeah, so I think if you're looking to tour the history of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, these are two great places. And I think we also found out the cemetery featured at the beginning of the film is in Leander. Yes. So you can spend a whole day and just relive 1974. And find out that Texas has urbanized a lot since then. Um, all of these places seem to be in the middle of cities now, not necessarily the fields you'd be expecting. Yeah, there has been, uh, civilization has popped up closer to these places. The gas station still feels the most like kind of secluded, yes. kind of off the beaten path. But yeah, what was it? You said like maybe like, five miles down the road, there's a Best Buy or something like that. Yeah. Oh, literally down the street. Yeah. I, that was one of the worries going into this is, okay, we're going to go camping basically in a cabin. Yeah. There's not going to be nothing around. We got to get all of our supplies. You know, I even brought a little cooler with some drink in it. And I was really th- trying to think ahead, getting, you know, extra batteries. Cause I was like, surely there's going to be no civilization. Well, I was dead wrong. There's everything we need within minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say this for those out there who are interested, their bathrooms are immaculate here. Very clean. Truth. For yeah. the place looking as like, kind of like, as true to nature as it kind of did back in the day. I mean, it's not like run down and ratty, but like, you know, it definitely kind of embraces that old like Texas Chainsaw vibe. The bathrooms here, top notch, spotless. So for those in the know, to you. yeah, we're talking like Bucky's bathroom clean. So, you know, <laughs> if that means something to you, one, you're cool, two, you'll know that it's pretty awesome. That's a high bar. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have Bucky's outside of Texas? I think like Oklahoma, like the Texas, the greater Texas area. Uh, but maybe not very far. I don't know. If you don't have Bucky's, I'm sorry. Write your local congressman. It's like an emporium of 18 gas station convenience stores blended into one. Yeah, 75% bathrooms. <laughs> it's huge. If you were a fan of the movie, again, this is a great uh, tourist stop to come out and uh, spend the evening, get your barbecue on, get a couple of horror movies from the counter. Watch them on their DVD player and just uh, soak it in. Uh, before we get going with the movie, though, fellas, do you have anything you want to bring up? Any movies you've watched? Any news you'd like to discuss? Oh, we saw Three from Hell. Uh, well, I did. I went with uh, Shauna and uh, my roommate Vanessa, and we all saw Three from Hell. Uh, pretty solid. Pretty solid bookend to um, his trilogy. Uh, I don't know. He said this was the last one at the beginning, like he had a little like an intro. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's just because he doesn't know if another one's going to get greenlit or if the story was didn't end on a fina- like a final note. It could be there could be more. Interesting. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, for what it was. It was very enjoyable. The we had some some pros and cons with it. We'll talk about it in a little like short episode, like a point five coming up uh, either a little bit before this or after this. I don't know when the release date is. But uh, yeah, no, it um, it started out a little weird. The oh, the opening twenty minutes had a very stylistic choice. It was kind of like, really? We're going to have to go back and eat some crow because as much as we don't really care for Sherry Moon Zombie's acting and some of the other stuff she's done, she kills it in this. She does such a good job. So um, I'll believe it when I see it. I was it. about to say, I got to tell you, I'm feeling real skeptical about <laughs> I'm, that. I'm telling you guys, like we were all three just like, wow, okay, this movie really let her hit her stride. But we can get more to that once we actually talk about that episode. Sure. Look out for that. We'll have uh, Garrett's take and our guest host's uh, opinions very soon. 
John, you got anything? No, not at all. I watched a lot of movies, but uh, none of them are horror. I've been trying to palate cleanse a little. I feel like I've been watching too much horror, which is hard to believe. But uh, so I watched a bunch of non-horror movies. I hear for a good palate cleanse, you eat a little ginseng in between <laughs> movies. Really it makes you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. You can taste all the flavors. I'll keep that in mind for next time. Okay, cool. Uh, I got a couple things I want to bring up. Um, firstly, the Nightmare on Elm Street rights have reverted back to the Wes Craven family. So nothing was really being done. You know, they'd been talking about doing a new Nightmare for a while. Even Robert England had even said, hey, guys, I think I got one more in me. But uh, uh, New Line has been so busy hammering out the, uh, are they doing the Conjurings? I think That's they House, right? distribute it. They're involved somehow. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. And they were involved in it too. I feel like I saw their they, logo there. I think New Line is definitely involved in it. Well, they definitely shelved any plans for Nightmare on Elm Street because of the modern horror was just, you know, doing bank gangbusters for them. So um, I'm really interested to see what happens. This kind of puts us in a territory like the Friday the 13th. So I'm also a little concerned. You know, when you get the multiple people involved with the rights issues. Um, this could be going to some sort of like, you know, development hell, get hung up in court. Um, we're, you know, we're still dealing with one, one huge property. I really hope it doesn't happen with this one. I agree. <laughs> if for the bare minimum, I want one more Robert England Friday or nightmare yeah. before it's too late. I don't know necessarily that I'm particularly excited or unexcited that it went back to the West Craven estate. Cause it's not West Craven. You know, I have no idea if his family or whoever is the executor on his estate is in the horror at all or is creative at all. So this could be bad, could be good. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, still too early to tell, but uh, I imagine we may see some movement here in the future on this. They may be more willing to option it out to like a Bloom house or something like that. Yeah, that's true. You know, Which point. they may want to like be like, hey, we got the rights. Let's like make some money off this. You know, who who wants to who's interested in Bloomhouse maybe or somebody, you know, maybe like, yo, we're down. Let us take a crack at it. I would like to see some cracks at it. Uh, also in the news, we've got some Texas Chainsaw. Uh, we've got the guy who was in charge of or I'm sorry, directed the Evil Dead remake and Don't Breathe has been attached to it. Fetty Alvarez. Um, he's going to be producing a new Texas Chainsaw film. Interesting. So. In 2017, that's when we got the prequel Leatherface. We've already done that one here on the episode. Um, I told you guys that they were starting to look around for some more options. The rights have been turned over to Kim Henkel, who is the writer of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, I wonder what he's, his involvement could mean for this series and being produced by the guy who did the Evil Dead remake, but I think we've all seen that and agreed that uh, it was pretty good. It is very good, yes. So with these two names involved, I'm excited to see what we could get with the Sawyer family going forward. If I had to guess, it'll be a sequel, but it takes place right after the first movie. (laughs) (laughs) You mean like everything else in movies right now? Yeah, who knows? That could definitely be part of, but they've already done that. Remember? Yeah, don't we, let that. That's not going to stop them. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got the remake, then we got the uh, uh, prequel to the remake, and then they made Chainsaw 3D, which is a direct sequel to 1974. Mm, I don't think that's going to slow them down even like a little bit. That is not even a speed bump on their cat way to Cash City. I think I think the new Halloween definitely kind of put a, a green light for ditch what you don't want, make it good. So I think John might might be onto something here. The movie's franchise and timeline is so convoluted at this point, I think they need to take a, a chainsaw to it and cut away the dead, uh, rotting bits of it, and I'd be happy for a do-over. But I really like part two. 
I wish they would keep part two canon. I don't want to see that cut away because that was still a Hooper movie. Yeah, I mean, part one and two definitely kind of play pretty well into each other, yeah. but it definitely goes in its own weird, unique direction, though. Is there really a Texas Chainsaw canon? Is anyone <laughs> really uh, holding them to accountable? Uh, as you saw in movie two, um, actually, you couldn't do that. Like, no one cares. That's, That's true. true. It's not as sacred as some of the other ones. No. This movie's so wild that they, you could do whatever you want. All right. Well, Kim Henkel and Fidi Alvarez, don't let us down. Let's get Chainsaw back where it needs to be, on top, not buried below with Leatherface. <laughs> I mean, if you look through its history, buried below with Leatherface is much more common than on top. It's true. Can't all be bad, Ro, right? we got to have a hit at once in one, one of these days. True. Just probability. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if that's it, we'll get into it. The movie, The Austin Statesman, hailed as the most important horror film since George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. The Houston Chronicle calls it a backwoods masterpiece of fear and loathing, and Wes Craven recalls wondering what kind of Mansonite crazoid could have created such a thing. We're talking about The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed by Toby Hooper from 1974. Fellas. Crazoid needs to make a fucking comeback. I think that could be its own movie. Crazoid? Oh, yeah. Fucking a crazoids, man. I'm I'm somehow working that way that word into my vocabulary. <laughs> what is the uh, what is the the slug from uh, Tremors called? Graboids. Uh, graboids. Graboids and crazoids. Crazoids right about these graboids. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a shirt. Okay, so fellas, we just finished up watching this at the location of uh, the gas station of the movie. We just finished the film. John, this was your first time seeing it. It was. What did you think? I really liked it. It was different than I expected. You know, there's been a lot of hype. There's, you know, 50 years of hype or whatever, but uh, 45 years of hype. I should know that. <laughs> 45 years of hype. It uh, was mentioned multiple times by Mark. Yes. yes. I'll say it again before we're done. I'm yeah. sure. Don't worry. 45 rounds to 50. I was close. And it held up. It, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's nice and fast. I'll give it super props for that. It takes a little bit to get going, but once it does, it does not hit the brakes till the end. So what I like that. we say? 89 minutes on this one? Yeah. Were you concerned that it might have been overhyped? I was, yeah. But I went in trying to put myself in the mindset of an audience person from the 70s, right? Because like compared to movies now, it's really, it's fine. <laughs> but um, but at the time, I can see how it was like mind-blowing. Nothing like that ever existed. It was the first time people were seeing something so uh, crazoid. So <laughs> <laughs> the grandfather of the slasher. Movie, yes. Right? Yeah. I think you definitely do need to consider that because I think you've mentioned also before that watching these older films like Black Christmas, like, you know, the, all the seventies films, mm -hmm. they like to show you everything. Oh we yeah. Definitely get a lot of that, right? The driving and the stopping and the, the getting out and walking up to the <laughs> house, you know, all that stuff, which is weird because we don't get shown a lot of the gore. In this movie, there was a lot of the the actual like physical like violence is off screen. Like it's 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 hidden, not off yeah. screen, but it's hidden by um, for your direct eyes. It's more implied than legitimately shown. I yes. assumed gore was expensive, so that's why they had to cut away. Toby was also trying to shoot for a PG rating and ultimately got an X. Really? What? Yeah, he was hoping... How did he think this was going to get a PG rating? Well, for what you guys were saying, there wasn't a lot of blood actually on screen. You didn't see a lot of things cutting into people. You got hints of it. You got, you know, your mind was putting all this stuff together. 
Wow, now I wish he had just committed if he was going to get an X rating anyway. I know, right? But Wow. Like, huh. I don't see how... I mean, PG was also different back then. Right, there was no PG-13 yet. So. Yeah, you could see a lot more like in PG films back then. But even then, like the, the concept and the, the characters and stuff, there's no way you're not getting something bigger than a PG. I don't know how often the uh, anything abo- above PG was doled out back in the 70s, to be honest. But yeah, actually, it's been a long time since this movie. So I think like... Like right after I got out of high school, um, I did not remember a lot of this. I got a lot of the scenes like confused with the remake. I was like, well, when's this going to happen? I was like, oh, wait, that was the remake, obviously. But um, I was still legitimately kind of like shocked that we didn't see more gore. They relied heavily on like verbal like descriptions. And then we had a lot of bones and things laying around to kind of like yeah. add the, the atmosphere was very creepy. But even the bones were very like haunted mansion, Disney style, bleach white, like almost uh, like cartoony skeletons, not like what they would do nowadays where it'd be all gross and bloody and like. True, true. So funny you should mention the bones. Um, I was listening to some interviews. Uh, they had a con not too long ago where they had some of the people as guests talking about that. The cinematographer Daniel Pearl and art director Bob Burns were deciding whether or not to go with fake plastic bones or real human bones, and they actually went with the real human bones. So oh, they got crazy. two full. They they ended up buying two full skeletons at a more expensive price than going with the cheaper um, overseas plastic bones. And yet they look like plastic bones. It's wild <laughs> knowing that they're real bones, though. That's I mean, crazy. they look pretty real. I mean, they have like porousness and stuff like that, but. It just looked so clean. Yeah, they definitely looked very like boiled clean or bleached in yeah. the sun. I mean, it was definitely like. I'm sure if you're fun. buying bones from somebody that's allowed to sell human <laughs> skeletal bones, they're probably processed or, you know, cured oh, to yeah. a degree. I would imagine Absolutely. so, yes. Can, I, can my bones be a prop? How does that happen? I think you have to donate your body to entertainment. Oh, is that an option? <laughs> no. <laughs> right under for science? No, no, for entertainment, <laughs> yeah. please. For entertainment purposes only. You guys have both mentioned that you kept forgetting or, or confusing moments of this one with the remake. Which one do you like now more? Or which one do you prefer? Oh, man. I'm going to take the bullet on this one first, John. Okay, go for it. I like the remake better. Yeah. I think I th- I'm with Garrett. Like, okay, I respect the original for what it is. Yes. But if I were to just throw on a movie, like to hang out with friends, it would probably be the remake. Actually, it definitely would be. I feel like this movie, the original, it's this it's this experience. Like, we watched it just a minute ago, and like, the the soundtrack, the way it plays out, some of the visuals, the pacing... It's this very uncomfortable, like, holy shit, what am I watching kind of thing. I feel it's less tight as a movie than the remake. And that's probably just due to the time and, you know, the way horror movies have progressed and stuff like that. But I feel like the story in the the remake was a little, like, a little tighter. The twists were a little better. The characters a little more fulfilling. They definitely made the the lead in the remake a much more stronger, your, your final lady, if you will. They made her much more a Ripley type person than... Um, Is that a Beale or an Alba? Jessica Beale. Beale, okay. Beale, okay. okay. Um, then a, what was her name? Sally in this movie? Yeah, Sally. Sally. It, Sally was a little more like, kind of like, I just got to survive, which I guess the tagline who will survive and what will be left of them makes more sense, you know? But yeah, I don't know. I really like the remake a lot. It's hard to compare, but if I were to pick one, I'd put the remake on probably. I don't think I can go down this road with you guys just because of like when you consider how much money it was made for and next to nobody in this had done anything before this, you know what I mean? And what they managed to produce. I will say that like with you, I think the beginning is very slow to start. 
So if I were to play this, which this is my third time watching it this year, I would definitely probably skip the first 15 minutes and jump in <laughs> once the hitchhiker gets into the van. You're going to skip like 20% of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know. It didn't I, seem like that long, though, before the Yeah, if you're going to watch in. it, you got to commit, bro. Like, also, when I think about like, if I'm going to watch a movie, I generally don't watch movies for their historical relevancy. Like, I do from time to time, but if it's just so I'm going to throw on a movie, it's because I want to be entertained. And I think I'd be more entertained with the remake than with this one, especially now that I've seen it once. Like, I don't imagine myself watching it three times in one year. I think I need to rewatch the the, the remake again to Word. make that full decision. Um, I think Harley Emery really oh, makes it. the the oh, the dad character. Is he the dad or the older brother in this one? I think he's supposed to be Drayton. Drayton. Slash, he's only before yeah. before part two. They had no names other than Leatherface. I was wondering where you got the names from. Okay, movie so, okay. two. Got movie it. two named him. So this one he's called the Cook. And Nubbins is just known as the hitchhiker okay. in the credits of okay. this one. Gotcha. So Artley Emery was playing Drayton Sawyer, basically, for the remake. Um, I don't know. I just love Sidow's performance as the cook. He's so good in this, like, I, I, especially in two. Like, the, you see the progression of this character from one and two? I think he did an amazing job. I love this character. But I don't know. Artley Emery just had, like, this intensity this one feels more like kind of like a like, holy shit, what? Like someone grabbed control of this nonsense nightmare. Like what is going on? And in the remake, it seems very deliberate. It seems like every everyone has a much more deliberate plan and what they're doing and methodical about stuff. So I don't know, maybe I, I'm more attracted to that aspect of it. Yeah, and I think like the, for me, the remake addresses my biggest issue with this movie is I don't like, I don't understand the motivation of these characters necessarily, like except the end character, which is to survive. Whereas in the remake, like the inciting actions much more severe, right? It's someone who kills themselves and they're panicking over that. And it's like, okay, now these people are off kilter. It makes sense that they're not doing the smartest things. Uh, whereas in this movie, it's just like, Mm, okay, you're all just going to walk in a line and die one right after another. But I feel like that also is, to what Mark says, a real product of the time. Because if you think about it, you know, like this kind of gore and craziness, I mean, I'm sure it was on film before, but like never to right. the, I think the mainstream that like this movie kind of brought it to. Because this was really one of like the founding, like widely seen, like kind of slasher films, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with them going to go find their friends and right, then just getting off one after the other. I mean, they all are like very open to just committing trespass. Okay, over and over. Let's, let's and get into over the plot again. then, yeah. because we'll yeah, get, I we'll think get we'll to talk that. to those. Um, one of the other things that I really, really love about this one is I just think Gunnar Hansen's performance as Leatherface is fantastic. He's fast. He's intimidating. He's you know he's, he's intense. I think he's better than the remake Leatherface, hands down. Mm, I don't. I don't know. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give that one to you, Mark. I feel like Gunnar Hansen was a little more chaotic. Then kind of back to what I was saying, everyone seems more uh, direct, methodical and stuff like that. Leatherface felt very methodical in a way in the remake. He had some kind of like weird, like who knows what's going on in there type thing. But um, Gunnar Hansen just seemed like chaos. But to that nature, like exactly what John's saying, I didn't really know why any of these people were doing anything they were doing, including the main characters. Like I understand the the Sawyer family's kind of messed up and this is just kind of what they do through the context clues we get in the story, but there's no real inciting event to make any of them do these things. And so I feel like I lacked a real like pivotal point of like, now I'm supposed to be involved or care about, you know, 
this particular person or group. I was just involved in them because this is what I was watching as opposed to an inciting moment. Okay. I might be able to help out in a little bit, and but I, I want to say something to your Arlie Emery comparison. I think that that is a more Hollywoodized villain than the versions we get in this movie where oh, they're yeah. just a fucking crazy fan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'll give absolutely. you that. That's another reason I like this more because that seem, this seems more like, oh, we just stumbled into a, like, you know, a chaos. Like, yeah. yeah, but these arena. people don't seem capable enough to pull off as many murders as we're led to believe. I think, I think they can. I, I think, think it's so remote and so out there. They accidentally fucked it up. <laughs> Which uh, they did. Yeah, and like to go back to Gunnar Hansen, like I think... This is where it's hard to put yourself really in the mindset of someone in the 70s. I bet he was very scary back then, but a lot of the times now I just wanted to laugh at him. Like the last scene where he's just raging on the road. I'm sure that was terrifying, but I just thought mm, that would be a meme in 2019. I thought his like, little like like little whimpers and hoots and stuff like that when he's wearing like, I guess, the second mask. Yeah. The mom mask, it looks like, is yeah, what I'm going to call it. a different face on, for sure. I look like a female type, type version, like, when he was all like, whoop, 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 I was like, oh, he sounds like a Muppet, you know? Like, I was yeah. like, that was a little bit, like, distracting, and I don't think we got any of that. I think about more, like, like, like guttural, like, stuff from the, the remake, Leatherface, but I don't know. I thought everyone did a great job. I'd say the, my, if you had to pick one character who you thought just kind of missed the mark in this, who would it be? Maybe not miss the mark, but for who sure, part, who right. didn't solidify the moment for you as much? Um, I don't know. I think they were all fine for what they were. I can't think of anyone that was noticeably worse than the rest. I just uh, think the caliber was a little bit lower than in the remake. I feel like Jesse. Like, is it Jesse, the guy who was like in the back seat watching? Um, nubbins like cut his hand open he's like come on man put the knife down like he's like he Jer was jerry 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 sorry uh hey jesse uh, <laughs> but no like i feel like i know that, that at that moment you want to be as calm as possible you don't want to like escalate and stuff like that and he's probably just kind of like freaked out but like he seemed to be taking that a little too like mellow like, like come on man mellow out and i'm like no you need to stop this car now like why are you not telling your driver to pull the fuck over yeah, it might be that, you know, hippie 60s mentality. True. Of these people True. coming out of, hey, man, chill. You know? That's why I said maybe not like miss the mark, but just didn't quite do it for you at times. Yeah. They're also forgettable because they die so quickly that I forgot about that <laughs> oh, guy back already. Oh, back to back to back, like lemmings <laughs> into that house. <laughs> we should get in the plot so we can actually talk about some of this, this stuff with the house. All right. So this one, like I said, directed by Toby Hooper, written by Kim Henkel, uh, along with Toby and... Fun fact, Kim directed The Next Generation with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Really? Yeah. Which I swear there's some sort of rumor going around that someone tried to buy that up so nobody saw it after they got famous, but I can't confirm. I believe that, But though. that seems like a thing that would happen, right? It was on HBO or something like that for a while. HBO or Netflix, one of the two, because I remember watching it on a streaming service. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Um, art director Bob Burns, uh, he also did the direction for... The Howling, Hills Have Eyes, Tourist Trap, and Reanimator. So he went on to do a lot of movies. Dude, that this guy, as well. that guy's got a solid resume. Cinematographer Daniel Pearl. He's also been involved with tons of stuff, hundreds of music videos from like the eighties, nineties going forward. And he was also the cinematographer for the remake. So I did want to mention that he oh, got nice. brought back for that one. So I thought okay. that was pretty cool. There was some great shots in this, like some like sunset shots or like some of the angles they used. 
Um, I can see music video very much in them. Like, you know, like how he would use those for music videos later on, probably. Yeah, this movie was actually like really well like framed and shot. I like the way the camera moved with the people. Yeah, they caught the humid, dry, or those are two different things, aren't they? They caught the humid (laughs) heat that Texas is known for, I think, for sure. Yeah. Well, also very the intensity, yellow. the way like the camera would like jump in really fast at something or like z- like follow a character like way quicker than it should or like pull out really fast. Like it really his cinematography really amplified uh, the moment with a visual flair, which I really respected about this. This is I don't want to say underrated. Maybe at the time it was underrated because um, it was this a success. Oh, yeah, it was. No, it was critically. But I think panned. we talked about this in Poltergeist, how like Toby Hooper did not get like the recognition he deserved because yeah. he didn't get barely any money for this. And it was a pan. I in, in one of the, the cons I was listening in to the panels, um, someone said something to the degree of like back then horror was considered in the same ball field as porn. Like it was just not. Uh, it's very looked down upon. Yeah, yeah. It's not regarded in any form or fashion. It's considered low tier cinema for sure. So. Yeah, I it, it's it got banned in the UK. Well, that's why I think that's why the Jordan Peele Get Out was such a big deal when it won an Oscar because like, I don't think horror had really done that before, like right or maybe like not to that degree. No, it, it's it, it's getting a lot more uh, notice and respect. I think validity, than, if you yeah. yeah, validation that it hasn't probably had in, in ever. Yeah. So uh, the cast of this one stars Marilyn Burns as Sally, Alan Danziger as Jerry, Paul A. Pertain as Franklin. William Vale as Kirk, Terry McKinn as Pam, Edwin Neal as the hitchhiker, Jim C. Dow as old man slash the cook, Gunnar Hansen as Leatherface, and John Dugan as grandfather. Here's what the back of the UK box VHS has to say. UK? Deep cuts. Here we go. Yeah. The film is an account of a tragedy which befell a group of five youths, in particular, Sally Hardesty. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare when they were exposed to an insane and macabre family of chainsaw killers. One by one, they disappear to be brutally butchered, each murder more horrendous than the last, with one victim being hung live on a meat hook, another trapped in his wheelchair as he is hacked to death, and the surviving member of the group making a frantic bid for escape in the horrific climax. This video cassette is based on a true incident and is definitely not for the squeamish or the nervous. That's a pretty good back of the box. Okay. May I ask, what is a ute? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Just say her name so Garrett can get mad. (laughs) Actually, you know what, you guys? You know what, you guys? I give her a lot of shit, but it's mostly just for the gag. It's just for the gag. I did not care for her in uh, My Cousin Vinny. And yes, I don't. She's not my favorite Aunt May, but I give her a lot of shit, but it's all in fun. I didn't know anybody didn't like my cousin Vinny. I really thought it was a hundred percent Rotten Tomato. Everyone saw that movie and was I just enjoyed like, the movie. I just the best like thing. her character kind of like annoys me in that movie. But it's also I like think that's how, her point. Like like in certain movies where like people were in the like Louisiana, the Louisiana accent sometimes bothers me, where it's all like, we're gonna get I was like, oh boy, here we go. Like just yeah. some things but just she had sound like a knockoff Brooklyn accent. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> uh, here's what the Rotten Tomatoes says about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 88% okay. with the critics out of 59 and 82% with the audience out of 202,406. I feel like that's a fair that's a fair representation. Let's get into the plot a little bit. John, why don't you tell us how this gets going? 
Do you remember? They're in a van. And they're and before dr- that. Before that. No, yeah. I don't remember the before. It starts that. off with text in a reading. Oh, yeah. In a reading by John Larroquette from yeah. Night Court. The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths. In particular, Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like all good is movies. Is that John Larroquette? That is John really? Larroquette, yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Really playing into that whole, this could be a true story thing. Well, the back of the box that you just read guarantees it's a true story. Yeah. I uh, think uh, going this route, you know, this is like pre-Blair Witch or something yeah, like paranormal that. paranormal activity. That probably got a lot more butts and seats. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't hear anyone ever talk about how this could be a real thing, but even in the remake, they do pretend it's real. So I guess that is part of the Texas the Chainsaw lore. Yeah. yeah. In the 90s, I, I remember being in school and, and people going like, I think it might be real. I'm like, nah, that's bullshit. But it says it's real, man. I think this is a real thing. TV you can't know, lie, dude. Also, before the internet was so widely available, you know, yeah, urban I, legend type thing. To go way off topic here, per my usual tangents, do you think rumors like that still exist? You know, like I remember when I was in middle school, the rumor was that Mountain Dew would lower your sperm count and like fucking, yellow number nine. Yeah, like crazy shit like that. Do, now, do kids still make that shit up now with the internet, oh, or is that sure. totally killed? I'm sure that still happens. Yeah, but everyone could Google now. I think it's put to bed or to rest like immediately, yeah. probably when someone brings it up at this point. But yeah, Poor I don't know. Kids. I don't know how long that can last anymore. So yeah, it's definitely hammering home the the venture about to see is real. You know that whole thing, and then we get a yeah. shot of cemetery, and we hear some radio talk about how someone has been desecrating graves, and. That's when we finally get our blue van rolling down the highway. Green. Green van? It's a green van. It's like a teal van, but it's mostly green, yeah. Fine, green van. <laughs> like seafoam green. Oh, there we go. Oh, right. <laughs> Did we get the credit sequence before or after the van? I think it was cr- before. I the think credits was- were interesting. It's like this really grainy, um, exposed negative footage of the sun, like solar flares and stuff like that coming off of... Um, the sun, but everything's like in this negative effect and the cast is being put over it and this really jarring soundtrack. Uh, we definitely need to talk about like the soundtrack to this because it is weirdly cymbal and gong based like <laughs> randomness. Um, but man, it, it made me super uneasy. The opening credit sequence like had me on edge before the movie even started. Yeah, for sure. Minimalistic uh, noises, sounds, and then that weird like, oi. You know, yeah. and that was some other things happening during the the radio broadcast was like yeah. they were showing like someone almost taking snapshots of like corpses and, and things of yeah. that nature. Just really trying to get the macabre level up before the movie gets going for real. And from what I gathered, they're driving to the cemetery to see Sally's grandfather. Sally and Frankie's Frank's Frank's Franklin and Sally Franklin. Yes. Uh, like Franklin. Um, so okay. yeah, you those guys, who, those of us who know him call him Frank. Yeah. You know. Come on. You're not friends with Frank. I just call him F. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, Mr. F. <laughs> <laughs> and so they like pull into a, I guess the cemetery across. It's so confusing right out the gate. I was, it's definitely one of those movies that start you right in the middle, which I do appreciate, but I didn't really understand what was happening right away. Why were they in the van? Where were they going? And what, what were they doing? I okay, so just, 
I think get. I think you really needed this latch, and I think you missed it. Yeah. But they did say it. Based on the radio broadcast of someone desecrating cemetery plots, okay. they're going to find out if their family members are one of these uh, plots that got Yeah, that was actually damaged. said. Yeah, so that was the whole kind of point of this whole, this in the inciting action is let's go find out and see if our family plots have been desecrated. Can they just call? <laughs> Who? They went to their house. Nobody lives there. It was a decrepit... No, the cemetery. I mean, I don't think that plot has anybody running the place. It's not, it didn't look like a... They had to go investigate it, so we have a movie. <laughs> yeah. All right, they're in the Scooby van, <laughs> off to go investigate. It's, it's not like Grapevine's Memorial Cemetery Park. It was just like a fence that had some stones in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think there's any groundskeeper or those type There was a lot cemeteries. of people there, though. Right. It was a, yeah, it looked pretty it was a pretty, happening, for pretty, a, pretty no, happening in the cemetery. That's where people get drunk and lay upside down and get all ominous with you. That's what that place <laughs> is for. True. Fair, fair. <laughs> but this is the point where we kind of like, um, once they get to this, we start to like learn a little bit about each character's personality. One girl's really into astrology. Jerry is just kind of like this mellow, laid back hippie dude. Uh, Franklin is a bit of a kind of a warrior. He's also not a lot of fun to be around. No. He's kind of a downer, yeah. And we're introduced to Franklin whenever they pull the van over for him to go take a piss. And they got to put the slats down. He's in a wheelchair and he's got to come out of the car. And while he's taking a piss, some semi comes by and just blows its horn. And he just gets scared and rolls down the hill (laughs) and falls out of his chair. Like a Mac and me level moment where he's just taken off. And that's this whole arc for Franklin is just to get shit on. Yeah, poor Franklin. (laughs) He dies pretty shittily too, so... So, yeah, we're, we're introduced to all our characters to a degree. Like you said, easy to mix up the names, right? Oh, yeah. They're, these are just cannon fodder characters. Um, once they've cleared that the, the cemetery plots are okay, then they're going to move on to their childhood home, which is the next destination. Which is not too far away because Franklin's like, oh, like our parents owned a place around here. Our grandparents owned a place around here because they smell the slaughterhouse. And uh, they're like, what's that smell? And he's like, it's a slaughterhouse. Our family used to live around here. They used to be in the slaughter. And then Franklin goes off on a tangent about the like horrific like methods of slaughtering animals. Just, he's just oblivious to the fact that everyone's kind of like, all right, dude, that's enough. Yeah, he, he's just going on about it. They used to club him in the head, but now they use an air gun with the bolt. It's yeah. a lot faster, and he just won't shut up. He just goes, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. It's like, dude, okay. I think he's enjoying it. tormenting them, though. No, that's what I'm saying. He's not yeah. a lot of fun to be no. around. He's just going to be there. He's that guy that won't stop. He doesn't right. know when to quit. Uh, and then they see a hitchhiker. Yeah, so the Scooby gang is on their way to the, their parents' house, well, their childhood home, I guess. And uh, they see this hitchhiker, and they discuss for about 12 seconds. They're like, should we pick it up? Fuck yeah, let's pick him up. Yeah, there and was no hesitation. It was like, no. well, of course, he's a hitchhiker. Let's go. Yeah, they're like, let's fixate out there. I was like, that is true. It is Texas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would not have stopped. Uh, I also would not have stopped. Uh, but Garrett, would you have stopped? No, that's three no's here. Yeah, but it's 2019, not 1971 or whatever. So you know, that's true. Well, they're pulling up to him. They're like, he looks all messed up. He looks like a crazy person, and they're still like, get in the van. Yeah, and it's like, hey, at that point, reevaluate. He makes no attempt to like trick them. He is just crazy from the moment he steps into the van, which I appreciate. You know what? This is the a character good- choice was enjoyable. These people let this crazy person into their van, didn't think twice about it. Kind of got what's coming to him. Yeah, Edwin Neal is the actor. Um, as we said, he will become to be known as Nubbins Sawyer uh, in part two. Okay. Uh, here, just the hitchhiker. He said that he got his inspiration by imitating his nephew, who was a paranoid schizophrenic. Oh, wow. 
So he, right, he well, knew what well he done. was doing. I think he definitely f- came off that way. Yeah. So he's also got this strange red birthmark over his face, just making even more, even more dissettling while he's being a weirdo in the yeah. band. Um, and then finds out they're like, where are you coming from? He's like, Oh, over by the slaughterhouse. And I'm like, do you work there? He's like, no, I used to, you know, my whole family was a slaughter family and, uh, the, the, the gun, the gun is bad. It put us all out of work. You know, it's better with the sledge. Killing's better with the sledge. So everybody's like, Oh, okay. You want to get out the van now? Weird guy. But they're just like humor. him, like you said, to a degree, you know, Jerry or Kirk or whoever's in the back seat's <laughs> just like, Hey man, that's all right. Chill out. Yeah. Well, all right. So Franklin has a knife, a little pocket knife, yeah. a Swiss army knife that he's dicking around with. And he gets Franklin's knife, like, instantly. Franklin just is, like, holding it out for him to steal, because... <laughs> well, he goes into a trance. Like, he sees that knife, and he gets, yeah. like, like hard, like, a, like instantly. He's just like, ooh, yeah. knife. And it's like, uh, maybe you should put it away at this point, Very guys. aroused by the knife. Um, so he steals it, and then he just cuts his palm. Like, you know, regular crazy person behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then gives the knife back, which is nice of him. Only to show that he has his own knife. Didn't wipe it off either. No. It's like, here you go. Enjoy my blood on this knife. You know, now it's uh, it's tasted blood, so that knife is And now let's compare. You're right. And then it's like, let's see each other's knives. I got one, too. You like yeah. this one? They're like, oh. Yeah, he's got a straight razor. And that's finally when they're like, all right, you got to get out. No, it's not that yet. Oh, no? No, he's not done being crazy yet. Okay, what, what else is he He snaps that? the picture of Franklin. He takes oh, out the camera yeah. and takes a, he like, like eeny, meeny, miny, mo like almost kind of, and then snaps a picture, lets it develop it. It didn't turn out so good. Hey, it's a nice picture. Hey, you can pay me now. Huh? Two dollars. It's a good picture. No, man. Frankly, give him back the damn picture. Come on, two bucks. And what they're like, kind of con job, dude? He's like, hey, pay me for this. It's, dude, you, you agree to it. Bonkers. <laughs> it's crazy that he has a camera, number one. I love that it's like this ancient-ass camera, which I guess probably was an ancient back then. But it's a pretty fucking ghetto camera. And yeah, just the whole con. He's like, uh, two bucks, please. And they're like, no. And then he's like, fine. He takes, the, he takes out some foil, puts the picture in the foil, immediately burns it. Like on fire, like a like a small little campfire in the back of the van. Everyone's at this point it's like, okay, this is fucking nuts. You got to get out. Like it fucking goes up. I like, don't know what they were making film of back then. Well, he put then, something but on it. He put something on it beforehand. Like he it was like a gunpowder. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Like I couldn't tell what it was, but like, yeah, he's just got a little campfire going. They're like, all right, you're done. And then at that point, he takes his straight razor and slashes Franklin's arm. That's right. And that's when they're like, you're out. You're done, bud. And he, they he throw him out, and he starts rubbing his blood on the side of the van and just, like, spitting and just, like, making a whole ruckus out there. It takes them so long to drive away. Oh, they're going six miles an hour yeah. for He's half like a He's, like, walking next to this van. <laughs> just kicking the van, like, yeah. thanks. Well, he was checking the mirrors, make sure no oncoming traffic Dude, was on its way, you know. Gun it. I thought the whole time I thought he was going to stab the tires. That's what I thought was going to Oh, that would have been a really good idea. I didn't right. think about that. But instead, he just smears his blood in some kind of weird pattern, which... Uh, Never then takes comes back. Yeah, like about 10 minutes of the movie of them discussing this pattern, but apparently it doesn't mean anything. I think it's just him being weird. Well, he's marked the van. But it doesn't really come into play because they never see the van ever again. Well, the cook saw the van. Right, but... Yeah, but they don't do anything about it, right. though. Like the you don't cook, know. The van isn't seen again <laughs> before they all get start to get murdered. Well, no, that's true. No, they they stop at the gas station, and the cook sees the van before... Yeah. Um, it's right after this point that they go to the gas yeah, station. Yeah, because after this, oh, they're like, they're like okay, this is crazy. Okay. And they're like, let's stop and get gas. And they stop and get gas at the gas station that we're currently recording this episode at. Like, that's when the cook comes out and uh, Drayton, if you will, 
comes out and he's all like, you know, like, you guys should just hang out here. Like, you know, they're like, do you know of a house? You know, we're looking for our parents' house or our grandparents' house. And he's like, you don't want to go trepsing around people's property. People get real like weird about that out here. Why don't they don't stay- give a fuck about right. later. <laughs> Great fucking advice. They were like, yeah, that's like the only foreshadowing in this whole movie. He's like, don't you just wander in other people's property. Like, People don't take kindly to that right. around here. And they're like, fuck your property. And you're like, we got this, bud. It's cool. But yeah, he's like, well, why don't you just stay here and have some barbecue? You know, y'all don't want to go do this. You know, and they're like, no, no, we're good. Like, when we get some gas, he's like, we're out of gas. Just hang out here. Just hang out here. And I thought, based off what you're saying now, Mark, maybe he wanted them to hang out there because the van was marked. And he was like, oh, these are the, we got these kids. Yeah. But that's never made clear in the movie. Like, that's never made obvious in the movie until you said what you just said. He lets him just drive away. Yeah, he's like, all right, you guys have fun. You should have stayed here and had some barbecue. But he knew where they were going, too. They're like, oh, "Oh, you're going out to the Franklin house, huh? So do you think that... Your grandparents own that house, eh? You know, that kind of stuff. True. So you're you're, uh, supposing or pitching that if they hadn't gone and stumbled into their house, the slurs were going to come murder them later that night. Yes. I don't know if you've caught it whenever... uh, We'll get to it here in just a minute. They go looking for the swimming hole. Yes. They come into the generator and they find a slew of hidden cars. Yes. Which is all the previous victims. Right. Right. So they have some side of racket. They got they got a scheme going where it's working well enough that they've killed at least 10 cars I of people before. I assumed those were people who stayed at the gas station. Like we're doing right now. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. <laughs> but the saw, the saw is family. No, like I'm Pack it up, boys. We're done here. (laughs) Yeah, I I think they're a little more methodical than the movie leads us to believe. Maybe like Arlie Emery led us to believe. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Uh, One fun fact. Check your move, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One fun fact about the scene where um, Nubbins burns the photo in the car. Uh, Whenever they hired him to do that part, they're like, hey, do you know anything about pyrotechnics? He's like, yeah, sure. I know all about pyrotechnics. He didn't know fucking shit, and he thought he might blow his face off. Nice. (laughs) Wow. So, you know, this whole movie, by the seat of their pants, to the point where they had to film it all in one month, 16-hour days, seven days a week. They only had one Leatherface costume, and they never got it washed because they were afraid it was going to make it turn color or they wouldn't get it back. And, yeah, it was just excruciating situations. Damn. So, uh, anyway. Oh, did you guys ever pick up that they were eating people? Franklin definitely is like, like every time he takes a bite, he kind of looks at it like, this is weird. Like he kind of like keeps examining it. So if you having already seen part two, I knew that this was likely people. I only knew because I knew like going in. Yeah. Yeah. the, The whole cannibal aspect is really just not even in here. If you don't think about it enough, right? you know? talk about the cook you know when they're yelling at the table is like you don't do anything you're just the cook we're the one over here slaughtering the meat mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's just like little yeah. things like that then you can actually pick up I th- it's got to be him trying to get that pg rating that's Think, my guess yeah it's you know. very subtle like because you're right when you get to part two is like he wins a chili cook off of people and there's a fingernail yeah. in the, chili, oh, the cannibal know? aspect is like the subplot of part two <laughs> yeah. like that is like exactly. major major part of it i think it's played up like in every subsequent movie except this one like yeah so. very subtle um so they go out to the franklin the franklin house um sally and franklin's grandparents house it's dilapidated right. falling apart spiders all over the they place they spend a ton of time just exploring the house and what and franklin spends a ton of time just staring at that fucking symbol and the movie plays it all in real time 
Well, is there, <laughs> is there, and, and we get a really weird like moment where Franklin's kind of getting annoyed with everyone because they're off running through the house looking at all this crazy shit. And Franklin has to like kind of wheel himself up to the up the non ADA compliant stairs into the house, and he's complaining. He's like, "Sally, I need help. Where are you guys? Come help me!" Well, he's, then he gets he's in there. feeling three hundred percent left out at this point, and he oh, says, like, yeah. "Why did I even come?" <laughs> He's and like, he has been slashed at this point, too. So, I mean. Right. Yeah, he's a fifth wheel on this green van. Yeah, I feel bad for Franklin. Uh, he's definitely, like, the moment they get to the house, they drop him, man, like a fucking bad egg. Yeah, and I love whenever he's just wheeling himself in and he's just talking. He's like, ooh, hoo, hoo, Franklin. And he's just goes, <laughs> <laughs> He does a raspberry thing to his mouth. Yeah, I was like, I was like that's a. Uh, you're a grown man. Maybe pull that back just like <laughs> times three. It was the Oscar winning moment of the movie. But yeah, so they come back down. They're like, hey, you said there was a swimming hole around here. And he's like, yeah, down between the sheds. There's a path. There was no path. But um, <laughs> Jerry and um, Pam, and as they're going to the swimming hole, immediately hear some kind of like motor thing in the distance. And Jerry's like, oh, forget the swimming hole. Gasoline. We'll go get gasoline from them. And then... Right, which I think is not a bad idea when you think about it. They're almost out of gas. And they were like, maybe we can trade something. I'll leave them my guitar and come back and right. get some cash, you know. Except That'll you be- had a warning from a dude, a local, who was all like, don't go walking onto people's property around here. And they just walk onto someone's property. I think that's a little more forgivable than the actual, I'm just going to walk straight into the house. Yeah, up like <laughs> all of this part, I, I'm, I'm game with. I yeah, yeah. signed up for it. Okay, you're going to explore the fucking of course. gas part. Yeah, and then they're like knocking. Well, one, they tear down the guy's fence. Like he has like mesh on the fence and they're just like, I want to see what's in here. And they just fucking open it right up. Which reveals all the hidden vehicles from the previous victims. Right. Uh, that's rude. Doesn't, doesn't <laughs> think twice. Just like, cool, a lot of cars. Uh, goes and sees the generator and he's like cool a generator loudest generator in existence yeah what's it generating like i mean power electricity what some off-screen contraption okay is it's like super unsafe they just had balanced the fucking barrel on top of the generator and it's just pouring gas in i don't know if you saw this no i missed like that through part. like a fun it's like fucking was it from like a funnel a, i thought it was actually like connected via cable or something no it looked like it was just free funneling in there oh like some sort of fucking rube goldberg device like like it's like <laughs> i mean it makes sense for the characters but if i saw that i'd be like it's to attract tourists yeah <laughs> um so then they go to the house and they knock and they knock and they knock for like an obnoxiously long amount of time and pam's like dude they're not home let's get come on we're done here and he's like no i got this and he keeps knocking until he knocks the door open right and he's like oh i guess i'm allowed in now yeah uh, that was the weirdest like you know yeah. like, well random house open i guess i'll just go in guys in the 70s when it was just the screen door open that meant come on inside no i do not believe that <laughs> Are you serious? i don't think so no i'm making that up yeah so then he's like and then he sees like i don't know a shadow or hears a sound or something and instead of being like okay these people are here but they don't want to talk to me he's like i'm gonna barge right the fuck into their house and ask them for gas uh and it does not end like he hopes it ends no he walks to the back he finds himself a leather face after tripping over like a little raised platform on the floor and then he just takes a mallet straight to the head twitching yeah. on the ground and then he gets a few more mallets to the right. head 
pulled inside very violently, and that door is slammed shut. And at this point, Leatherface still has not committed a crime. No. That man was trespassing. This was motherfucking home invasion. A, yes. And this movie is exhibit A of why Stand Your Ground exists today in Texas. Yes. Well, Are you hearing me the rest of well, America? Well, <laughs> hold on, hold on. You're supposed to stop yourself from being in danger. When he hit over the head of the hammer and he's twitching on the floor, at that point, Leatherface should have stopped. That's the legal precedent of like, Okay, I'm no longer in danger at this point. But granted, we're not talking about Leatherface. I don't know. Leatherface could have still felt threatened. You, I mean, I, don't, I, I think I could get him off in front of a jury of Texans. Look, oh yeah, yeah, very likely. But I'm just saying, like when he goes back for the hit three and four, it's like okay, you've officially chose to kill this dude. Dude, when that adrenaline is pumping, you just see red and you don't stop until you calm down. And then you, <laughs> then you stopped, ask questions. Looked at the thing twitch and was like, cool. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going back for more. Yeah, but, then he yeah. drags him into his kill room. Let, let, let's let, let let this also be a lesson to anybody. Don't go into other people's homes. Yeah, unless invited. Yeah. This, and even then, think twice. <laughs> I don't know about uh, outside of Texas, but I have a strong suspicion there is a ton of good old boys with guns just waiting for one of you guys to wander into the house so they can pull a stand my ground. You didn't see what happened. He came at me, you know, just waiting to use that weapon. And even if uh, I don't know if they're like waiting to like just kill someone, but I think that I they're think within their. I think a lot of these gun owners are just like maybe. waiting to use it. But I think there's even, a lot of responsible gun owners, but yeah, I think like for protection reasons. But I do mm. think that you run that risk. You run yeah. that risk of having someone basically like more willing to pull that trigger if you're invading their home, which is what you're doing. Right. Don't invade people's home. But even if he, he wasn't murdered, is this the first impression you want to make of someone that you want to ask a exactly. favor from? Exactly. <laughs> like, hey, I know I just trespassed in your area and basically just bars right in like I own the place, but could you do me a solid? Yeah, I need to borrow some of your gas running your weird ass generator. There's a really good scene that was cut from the movie where uh, Kirk opens the door to the bathroom where Leatherface is taking a shit. Wait, is that like, Kirk? Hey, buddy, do you have any gasoline? <laughs> are, you, are you joking? Okay, I was like, I was like, is that really a scene? I was like, holy crap. They cut it for the PG. He goes into the pantry. He's like really rifling through their frosted flakes. He really wants He's made to, an omelet at this yeah. point. Unfrosted He's wearing their bath slippers. Hey, any gas in here? Well, nope, just the eggs. I guess I'll make myself some omelets. So then it cuts outside and Pam's just sort of sitting on a swing because she's smart. She didn't walk into the house up until now when she's like, Kirk, Kirk, well, where are you? So this is the inciting action to get all our characters and now one by one get knocked off. And you have a problem with this? They just want to know where the other person is. And okay. that's what the rest of this movie is. Hey, where's that? Where's so-and-so? Let's go find him. Killed. Hey, where's so-and-so? Killed. And that's it. It's one by one down the, uh, the off the cliff. I the think, but if John will. walks into a house and doesn't come back after like five minutes, I think me and you're going to be like, okay, we need to find out what happened to John, but we probably shouldn't do what John just did because he did not come back right. from doing that thing. Also, okay, these two, I will give. I won't home invade to find John. I promise you that. <laughs> okay, fine. I agree. And these, all right, idiot, I don't give a pass to because he's a moron. Pam, all right, I'll give her a weird pass in that she also trespasses, but she thinks she's looking for her friend. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right, I'll give that one to her, and then she just gets picked up and fucking dropped on a hook. She gets tackled, not tackled, but kind of like apprehended by Leatherface. Leatherface. Yeah, she walks into the house. Right. Again, home invasion. Definitely. Um, sees Leatherface and turns and runs the fuck out the house, only for giant Leatherface to catch up with her and grab her and yank her back in. And yes, and we get the scene where she's put up on a meat hook, which is yeah. done splendidly. Agreed. I don't believe, though, you can hang a human body like that. You don't think so? No, I think it, there's not enough back there. Feel your back muscle. You're going to rip right through. 
I mean, that's going through the muscle, probably yeah. past the spine. But is it right? Maybe hook on the ribs where they yeah, get yeah, yeah. the spine. I think they'd rip. I think they'd break. Your one rib isn't gonna support a hundred sixty pounds or whatever. I mean, people do that like suspension where they hook hooks in their skin and suspend from that. But they got, there's so many hooks. It's like across their whole body. There's not that many. Sometimes people only so. do like a few because it's like the pain is more intense. I think the less you have, but I'm not. I don't know. I don't think you can hook someone on a meat hook. But how much? How much does like you hook a, a cow? A beef? Yeah, yeah you hook I mean, a cow on but there they by the t- thick the the by cow. The t- is. So you're saying it, the so. meat and the leather and the hide and all that is enough to support Hold it. Hold it up, and the yeah. Human is mm-hmm. not. Okay. I think your back is so I thin. Mean, Maybe through a leg, you could probably hook someone through their leg. I believe. Okay. That's that. I believe. Listeners, if you have any knowledge about hooking people on meat hooks, please let us know. No, if you have any knowledge about hooking people on meat hooks, do not email us. <laughs> we'll send Garrett to your house. No, to walk we will not do that. And go to the back. No, we. But <laughs> nonetheless, the scene is effective. He picks that poor lady up. Like, I mean, she must weigh like a hundred pounds soaking wet and so he like dwarfs her he just picks her up and drops her ass on that hook man it's yeah. a it's a good use of shot reverse shot and yeah. then when they actually throw her up on the meat hook she's actually got a harness and that hook is turned around backwards so that's what really gives you effect because yeah. it happens so fast and you really feel the weight though when she goes yeah she slinks down you feel like that hook has gone straight through her very impressive um at this point we go back to the house and they're like hey where's so-and-so they said they went off to the the watering hole they went swimming it's like okay now it's you two turn to go die yeah it's from this point on that i don't understand their actions right their friends are missing uh they know that they're they're like already dealt with a crazy hitchhiker and Franklin's like, hey, do you think he's coming to kill us? And they're just like, shut up, Franklin. Oh, dude, the amount of shook that Franklin oh, is experiencing yeah. based on their interaction with Nubbins is just intense. Right. And yet he's right. My man Franklin is like the Cassandra of this movie. He he's tells like, everyone exactly what's going to happen. And they're just like, Franklin, shut up. Yeah, he's like, you think you think you really meant all that? You think he's going to come get me? You, and Jerry, or yeah, I think it's Jerry at yeah. this point. He's like, oh, yeah, I gave him all your info. He knows where you live. He's going to fucking kill you. Right, which is the last thing Jerry says to Franklin before he goes and gets <laughs> fucked. <laughs> so do you have a problem with them going to look for their friends? N- well, no. So I think it would have made sense for Jerry and Sally to go to the watering hole. When they weren't there, I would have probably realistically been like, mm, they probably went to shag. And I would have given a little bit of time, and then I would have gone and got the police like a regular person. In a town you're not familiar with, you don't have the internet or a map to tell you where the police station might be. You and zero. you're almost out of gas. Yeah. How are you going to find the cop station? Well, okay, I didn't say I would survive. What I would have realistically <laughs> done if I were in their shoes is drive back to that shitty gas station. That's probably what I would have they, done. They kind of loosely mentioned that. It's like, man, we should just stop back there. Maybe we could drive back. And it's like, right. now nah, we're good. And yeah, they like, just like dismiss Ooh. it. But it's like, no, that is a reasonable plan. And it would have continued the movie, right? They could have killed them at the gas station. There's no reason we need zero IQ points. But for let's this. also consider that they legit think they're at a watering hole. Franklin has told him there's a swimming pond sure. back there. So Jerry goes on his own. He's like, well, I'll just go find him at the watering hole. Yeah. I and see. when he doesn't find him, he's like, oh, random house. Maybe they went over here. Yeah, I would not now, have Jerry made that fucked jump. up when he once again home invaded like his two friends before. See, I would have right. gone back to the car first. I think <laughs> yes. I personally would have gone to the watering hole. They're like, they're not here. Let me go back to the van, see if they've come back to the van. And if they're not there, they're like, okay, maybe they wandered somewhere else. Maybe we should go see if there's any surrounding houses or anything like that. 
make that call then. Don't just immediately start wondering right. like a also, nomad. I would have waited. I realistically, I mean, bad news. But I guess if it were just like you or for like you and, uh, and Garrett, I would have been like, oh, that's weird. They just disappeared. But if you went down with like your wife, I would have been like, all right, they need some alone time. I would not be like, I need to stomp through and immediately find them. But I feel like we're supposed to believe that several hours has passed. Okay. No, you know I, mean? I didn't get several. I mean, maybe like, I thought maybe like 30, 40 minutes, but not several hours. It seemed really I was thinking quick. it was, I was, in my mind, the movie starts out morning. They stop for lunch for barbecue. They go to the Franklin house. And by the time that Jerry's going off to look for him, it's like three or four in the afternoon, three, four, five, something like that. Because by the time it's Sam, or I'm sorry, it's uh, uh, Sally and Franklin's turn to go look, it's dark. Yeah, they wait a long time. It's for daylight savings time. The point is, yeah, this was, but it didn't take me out terribly because I'm like, whatever, this is what movies were in the 70s. But I think that it was definitely, you yeah. know, your standard low IQ horror trope. Because Jerry goes into the house at this point. He like, he walks over to the Sawyer house. He goes in and he's like, it doesn't hesitate, which again, he's just kind of like, hello, I guess I'll walk in and see if they're in here. And it's like, dude. What is, no one has any chill with like walking into a strange place. Right into the murder room too. They all go he, to the same they place. They all walk straight to the murder room as if it's like <laughs> okay. catnip. Not to de- beat a dead horse, but to get back to the passage of time, yeah. Leatherface has had time to clean up Kirk's corpse and move the bodies. Then the movie should have done a. I mean, all it would. We're have not. Taken, we're not saying you're wrong yes. with your time frame. We're saying it did not appear that way upon our viewing. It would have just had to been like, wow, uh, fucking. Uh, Dude one has been gone for, it's been a long time. We should go look for that. Man, it's been like two hours yeah. since Kirk and Pam you just, left. You just need a one line. That's we need it. something to well, let us know that it's been a while. Because it is hard to tell the passage of time in movies. So yeah. You, if, if you it, notice how many times they showed the sun or they showed the moon. You know, I think that was your clue. But they didn't show a cut to the sun between when fucking Pam died and Jerry went to go find her. I don't know. They may have. I don't. I can't say <laughs> yes or no at this point if that happened. Also, if I just showed you a photo of the sun, all right, what are you, like a fucking boy scout? Oh, yeah, that's 2.30. Well, the that's thing is, there's, there's, no, there's no shadow on that shot on the screen either, so you'd have no context yeah. to where it is in the is sky. Is it going up? Like, is it going down? Is- <laughs> so Jerry goes into this, the, the murder room instantly, and here's a noise coming from the freezer, opens it up, and there's Pam's body, like, frozen, and I thought she was dead. And because I forgot that she wasn't fully dead yet. And then she jumps up like, oh, my God, save me. Blah, blah. She didn't say this, but she's like freaking out. And he's like, holy shit. And he like jumps back. And then that's when the Leatherface chase. And that freezer scene is something I can recognize objectively it was probably really scary in the early 70s. Now I was like, oh, shit, that's like a horror, like a haunted house prop. Like, oh, yeah, she jumped out in a very like kind of like surprise. I probably would have asked for a second take on that myself. But you're right. But Um, I get they had a month for 16 hour days. They had to burn through it. One take. John, whenever you're in a freezer for several hours shown by the passage of time via the sun, you're only half frozen. You're going to do a little bit of the wibbly wobbly. No, I totally 100 (laughs) percent appreciate like at the time it was probably probably scary and like if i saw it back then but you see that scene now and it looked yeah it looks like a prop but it was i think it was effective and apparently yes you got it so if you if you really want to enjoy this movie uh buck up or learn about solar time telling <laughs> or you're going to be very confused like Y'all i was are deep in the weeds of the sun shut up about the sun shut up about the sun <laughs> so then we see the moon in all its glory, and now we know it's nighttime. Yeah, they're very That's clear what the about moon that. represents. No, I know because it got dark. <laughs> now it's time to argue about let's take Franklin, let's not take Franklin for Dude, about five minutes. Sally, cold 
fucking blooded and I love it, dude. <laughs> well, she's kind of annoyed because he has been like a worry wart the whole time. He's like, is he, are they going to get us? Where are they at? We should do something. Blah, 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 blah. And she's just like, look, we got to go look for him. And he's like, I don't think we should. And he's like being real right? kind of wishy-washy. And finally, she's like, all right, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm going to go do something. We get like into a physical fight about this flashlight that Franklin's holding, which I thought was very rude of her. Let's be honest, you guys, if we're out in fucking Murderville, wherever, Texas, and everyone's going missing and I've got a flashlight and Mark's like, I'm going to wander off in the woods. I'm like, you're going without this damn flashlights. What you're doing. He does have the car headlights, though. Just saying. Oh, good point. Never mind. Franklin, come on. And this is like a legit question uh, to y'all or to our listeners who may be familiar with cars from the 70s. Could you used to just turn on headlights without the keys? Yes. Usually it was like just a pull knob. Some of the cars, like the older cars, are just pull knobs. Wow, what a terrible design flaw. That well, that's why people would leave their lights on by accident, not pushing the thing in, and then, like... Well, like, I know in modern cars, you can turn on the headlights, take the key out, and the headlights stay on, but if you just go to a car that's off and you turn on their headlights, it does nothing. The car has to be on to turn on the headlights, but not on to Back key. in the day, you could just, on wow. certain models, you could just, like, pull the knob or flip the switch, and they would come Oof, on. Cars have come a long way. They have. They have. <laughs> Welcome back to Car Talk. Yeah. <laughs> so the siblings have finally decided to go together. Well, Sally was just like, I'm going to go then. Well, Without Franklin's the kind of forced himself upon going together. Yeah. At this well, point. Sally, I'll go. I'll keep up with you. Come on yeah. now. Don't leave Sally, me alone. I, I don't want to be alone. Sally called his bluff big time. Oh, and yeah. then, even though he's in a wheelchair over rough terrain, she just like runs away. And he's like, I can't keep up. And just Sally. And he's, she does not she, slow well, down she at says, all. She's like, you're not going to be able to keep up with this, like, this area, this terrain. He's like, no, no, I'll, I'll be fine. And so she starts walking. And he's like, I can't keep up. And she's like, I knew it. And she just yeah. like kind of cold shoulders him eventually she comes back and starts pushing his wheelchair but she is complaining about it. like i told you this was not going to work honestly she's totally right i mean franklin should have stayed back i get his i get his fear not wanting to be alone especially if he thinks he's being hunted but yes sally i can't keep up with you sally sally wait a minute so they're wandering through the woods screaming jerry at the top of their lungs jerry 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 and, of course, they're going to draw some attention. Well, also, like every other person in this movie, like a moth to flame, they're just drawn to that fucking house, man. I think we're supposed to take away that there's only a couple of houses total out on all these acres, right? Yeah. It's like the Franklin house, and then it's the Sawyer house. That could be the only houses in the area. Could be. Yeah. Well, they do I mean, see a light, and they're like, oh, there's a light. Maybe that's where they went, because there's no other lights anywhere else. Right. You think if you're going down that path, and it's right. going to lead you to the same I place, I do right? understand why they end up where they end up, but it is like, man, is there anywhere else in this movie these people can All roads gone? lead to Sawyer's. Yeah. <laughs> but theirs makes the most sense, because, yes, they yes. see this light, and they're like, oh, maybe our friends just ditched us and went over here instead. Uh, they don't even make it to the house, though. No, no, Franklin goes, I hear something. Hold on. And then immediately full on chainsaw noise, which you couldn't have been that quiet with a, a chainsaw on up to that point. But again, movie, I'll let it go. Yeah. Sally, I hear something. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Leatherface jumps out, does his little leather, Leatherface shuffle. And then jams that chainsaw right into Franklin's stomach. Franklin just gets butchered right on the spot. 
Ugh. I legit feel Franklin is the only person I feel bad for in this whole movie. He's like, I don't want to go. They're coming to kill us. Let's bunker down and just hang out. And he is, he gets the worst death. Some of the behind the scenes, they were talking about how uh, the actor who played Franklin was just as fun to be around in real life as his on-screen counterpart. Oh, very nice. <laughs> really? Like he wasn't enjoyable to work with? No, I think he was off by himself most of the time while the rest of the cast were like, you know, kind of yucking it up or whatever. Oh, that's so. kind of unfortunate. Was he actually like in a real wheelchair? No, like, I don't think so. Oh, you think it was just a, a yeah, character just choice? For the, okay. Just for the movie. Um, so now we're set off on the chase. Literal last girl. Final girl. Final girl running around. Runs into the house, right? Does she go to make a beeline straight for the house? Yes, she yeah. does. She runs straight for the house. And I think she goes upstairs first, oh, right? Of course. Yeah. 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 She runs upstairs. Probably a worse place to go when someone chasing you with a chainsaw. Well, is. you have to acknowledge. You have, I mean, uh, I don't know what I would have done in this situation, but running to the house seems dumb because you got to appreciate that's probably his house. He's going to know it better than I am. But uh, I just don't know if you're thinking that clearly. You're just like, I'm going to go get help. Maybe this house can help, you know, in, yeah. in the moment kind of thing. Sanctuary. Yeah. She runs straight into grandpa and the corpse of grandma. Yeah. She runs upstairs and runs into those those bodies, which I thought, again, I totally forgot that grandpa was alive. But um, he doesn't look like it. Oh, he doesn't no. look like it. They both look like they're dead corpses. And you're like, oh, shit. She sees that, freaks out, runs back downstairs. At this point, Leatherface, as you pointed out, John, <laughs> instead of trying to use the doorknob, just starts <laughs> cutting through the door. Like, I'm just going to go through the door. It's batshit crazy what he does. She closes his own door on him. I don't even see her lock it. I don't so think she locked it. He doesn't try the door handle at all. He just starts chainsawing the door just for like five just minutes. Just pieces, of, pieces yeah. of it chunked out. And then he opens the door anyway. He doesn't even chainsaw through it. He gets tired of chainsawing it and then just opens the door. Guys, it's like an artist. When he sees a blank canvas, you just got to paint. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's compelled to saw. Yeah. So he chases her back upstairs. And at this point, there's no way out. She jumps out a second story window. Oh, fucking pro jump. Like the million dollar man, Steve Austin. Just she lands like on both of her feet. Just... I mean, she does act injured, but... No, she falls to the ground, and she's clearly hurt there yeah. for a few seconds. I think she would have Dazed, broken maybe. both of her legs. I don't know if she would have broke them. I definitely think she would have sprained those ankles or something. If she had, like, landed on her knees or her back or something, maybe, but she landed, like, on her feet. If she landed on her knees, she would have blown out her knees. Yeah, if you landed on your feet, you would have fucking Look, a lot dislocated of pine needles. your hip. A lot of pine needles around there, so... But it's a movie. I'll, I'm gonna let that go. I'm just impressed with her, uh, her uh, window-jumping technique. She she does this again later and she does not even think oh, she doesn't hesitate it no. wasn't like a uh maybe i should jump out this window it was like no. well there's a window i know what to do and like, it was like if okay. there's olympic window jumping she'd be gold medal at this she's so good it's at pro it. no window will stand in my way no not even a little bit play glass right through it so she runs away and this is the part that like when we decided to go to the sawyer house and get lunch and then come to the gas station to, to stay in the cabin in the movie they make it seem like they're so close to each other because she runs from the Sawyer house at this point right to the gas station. So when you like first told me the, like the difference, the time differences to drive to each one of these locations, I was like, where the hell are these places? Like it really kind of made it aware like, oh, these are not in the same location. Like they are portrayed in the movie. Yeah, but definitely. yes, even if the house was in its original location, they're still not within walking. Still distance. about like, a 40 minute running. drive. Yeah. And also, I mean, Sally must have been a track star because she's 
booking it through those woods, man. I mean, oh, she she's is running, running the bramble. I mean, she's she's got it. Super impressive, except until so is she, Leatherface. Leatherface is booking it too, right? But it, but he has a chainsaw. And he's cutting through like the yeah. thick brush. She's just like bobbing and weaving in between it. She's she, like she's like an Aeon Flux video. Yeah. Like like it's amazing it. until she runs right into a branch. That part was funny. That was <laughs> just knocks amazing. her right on her ass. But it's before then, happen. just yeah, it was almost magical. I have to say. Yeah, so, like a gazelle. And yeah. then she runs into the gas station, and she immediately meets Drayton, the cook, and she's like incoherent. He's like, what's wrong? What's wrong, little lady? Don't worry about it. And she's like, someone's outside. And he goes outside, and he's like, there's no one there. So he starts trying to like calm her down, and then he goes and gets his truck, and he's like, okay, cool. And she thinks he's going to take her to get help. And he walks in, and he's got like a rope and a burlap sack. And she's like, nah, nah, my dude. No, what is this? And he's like, hold up. He's like, this is going to be much easier if you just relax. And I was like, and she goes, nope. And I was like, yeah, that's the right response. So she grabs a knife off the table and he's like, you don't need that. And then he, John, me and you both laughed at this. He picks up a broom, a full length broom with one hand. (laughs) Crazy. And then kind of just bats at her hand with a knife with the broom. And knocks it out of her hand and then just kind of whacks her a couple times with it. And it like it looks like maybe he's like trying to wipe like a cat off a table. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's insane the fact that he beats her with this broom. And it's not the stick part of the broom he's hitting her with. It's the bristles. At yes. most, he's like tickling her. Hey, it's just kind of like smack, smack, yeah. smack. With and then, one hand just brushing her. And she's like, ugh, and faints or whatever. Maybe she's like, she's beat after running all that way. But like, yeah. Maybe people in the 70s are really scared of, uh, you know, straw brooms. Yeah, okay. they're raccoons, maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> I legit laugh at that scene every time I see it happen. It's insane. It's the way, so funny. There's just no force in his hit so when she like gets the the knife knocked out of her hand i was like oh come on but uh yeah so she ends up fainting he ends up putting a dirty rag in her mouth taking her back to the house and he's poking at her with a stick as he's driving and then he comes across um nubbins who is in the road the hitchhikers made it home after his long day of of travel man i thought he would have got home a lot quicker but maybe he went to go you know rustle through another grave or something that's the thing is he says i told you not to go back and messing with that grave you're gonna get caught at this point they they're all over that place um so i thought he went back to the graveyard too i'm pretty sure that's what he because he had a sack with him too. he had a sack with some stuff in it but like at this point you realize that the cook and nubbins know each other and then you kind of see the house in the distance so you realize like oh they're all going to the same place and then you kind of get the idea that they're all related sally's bag is pulled off of her head by nubbins she's like oh fuck it's you yeah inside he gets tied she gets tied up to one of the bone couches and then yeah they realize it's come full circle I don't think I can give Marilyn Burns enough credit for how much screaming she does for the rest of the no. film. Big I don't time. think she stops no. until the credits roll again. It's just like 10 minutes of her screaming her yeah. head off. This and is it big is scream scary. queen. Like, yeah. Yeah, territory. it is definitely like intent. Like, you get the like, she's losing her shit right She must now. have had the worst sore throat after the end of this production wrap. You yeah. know what I mean? Had to. She's getting strapped in. She's screaming her brains out. I think she just passes out from exhaustion. Wakes back up. Looks down the table, and there are the three creeps just eating dinner, and there's a plate in front of her. Well, they've gotten Grandpa at this point, too. Yeah, they've they gotten Grandpa down. Grandpa, and he's down by the chair, still not moving at all. 
They slice her finger open it and stuff it in his mouth, and it like brings his libido back. He oh, starts so sucking gross. on it, like like the blood like brings them back to life. And I was like, are they like vampires or something like that? Like <laughs> I thought, but then I was like, no, it's just a weird like weird choice that they made with with Grandpa. And then they're like, you get a little bit of family uh, str- uh, rivalry or family strife going on a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, that's where they're like, you know, like don't don't listen to him. He's just the cook. And that's when Drayton's like, look, I lost my taste for killing a long time ago. You know, like we all have our our roles to play. And that's when um, Nub. Is like, you know, like me and me and Leatherface do all the work. You don't do anything. And then they're like, let's like Grandpa Killer. He's like the best, you know, like one whack. And basically referring to his like slaughter um, yard days. But this is like another scene I'm guessing is intentionally funny, but they keep trying to get Grandma to or Grandpa to hammer her. But he can't hold on to the hammer. I don't know if it's intentionally funny. I think it was supposed to be so tense. It's like, dude, if he gets the right whack in, she's gone. You uh, know what I mean? Except she, he does at one point. He actually he hits her, her with the he thing. Does, that's true. And she starts bleeding from her head. And she's still not dead, which he's super old. Like, he's decrepitly old. So I understand him. And that's when Dubbins is like, let me take the hit. I'll kill her. I'll get her done. Hit this bitch! And they're and all standing around chanting like, come on, grandpa, hit her in the head, yeah. get her, come on. It's I, very, if you've seen the end of Chainsaw 2 from our previous episode, it's very reminiscent of that. Yeah. I and I think even Drayton says something to the fact, like, grandpa was the best. He got 60 of them in five minutes once. And it's just like, oh, people are cows. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah they don't make that clear, but she manages to get up and escape. And her, what's her go-to move, John? Jumps out a window. She runs and jumps right out a window this one, again. Well done. I mean, she like lands she like in sprinting pose. Yeah, but just ready to go. And the jumps are slowed down. So I think if you did give us that million dollar man noise, that it would fit perfect. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> and then she runs out to the highway and uh, Nubbins and Leatherface are chasing after her. And Nubbins almost gets her like he's like kind of toying with her almost. And then they get on the highway and then this big semi truck comes barreling down the road and she like flags him down like, hey, hey, he sees them, I guess, too late. And like she gets out of the way, but Nubbins doesn't and gets run over by the semi truck. No. And this is one of the only kind of graphic parts they show. This is one of the few like actual like, yeah, like you said, like actual gory moments. And it's not super gory, but you see like a a dummy go under the tires of this. um, It's definitely two tires running over a man, or at least that's what it appears to be, because it almost like his hands jut up. Yeah, um, when it hits him. So I thought this was really well done. I was like, well, that's the end of Nubbins. Yeah, Nubbins is done. And then at this point, this dude gets out of uh, the semi. And <laughs> like, he like opens the door and she like throws herself inside. Yeah, at this point, Leatherface is running right at him. So he grabs like what also looks like, like a giant metal wrench. Yeah. And then they, they get out the other side of the, the car instead of trying to drive away, which I didn't understand because at this point, they're both in the car. Leatherface is trying to ch- chainsaw through the, the semi door and he can't get through. So just start the truck and drive. Yeah, unless there's a problem with the truck or something that we just didn't catch. or Maybe it, maybe like, after he hit Nubbins, it didn't work right or something. I yeah, don't know. They just hop out the other side, and when they're being chased, the semi-truck driver turns around and just lobs that wrench right at Leatherface's head. Hits him in the head, too. Yeah, takes him down, and then Leatherface gets himself with his own chainsaw. Yeah, when he falls, his chainsaw falls on his thigh and kind of, like, cuts into his thigh, and he's just like, like, real, like, guttural kind of, like, Leatherface, you know, growl. The truck driver runs off. (laughs) Sally starts running back to the truck the other way, like, down the street, like, kind of past Leatherface, and then she flags in another truck, which skids to a halt. She jumps in the back. 
back and they she's like go 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 at and the last dude, minute like Leatherface is limping up he's getting super close like, to like he's, getting her. he swings like he's they, they show the truck driving away like real slow and he's like keeping pace like look he's gonna like stab her or get it with the chainsaw yeah but um the truck gets away and she's crying and bloody and then we get the the iconic moment of the Texas sunset with the um the black shadows of the horizon and Leatherface doing his little like Leatherface dance. Yeah. Um, Sally is in the back of the seat and she's laughing maniacally almost from just pure exhaustion mania and probably a little bit of, I got away fuckers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, a little like, like all that wrapped into that laugh. And I thought it was really well done. Yeah, no, it was pretty, pretty great. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And we get a Leatherface, beautiful, beautiful ballet. And I thought it was great. It's so we, crazy. We need to have this out a little bit, John, because I didn't appreciate it. And you said you did not like the Leatherface Ballet at the end. I think that is a very high moment of the movie, and I think it was wonderful. And okay. I think he was uh, uh, should be teaching dance classes at uh, his local theater. Let me let me let me walk it back a little bit in the sense that I didn't say I didn't like it. I said I found it comical. In <laughs> fact, the first thing I thought of when I saw him freaking out was. Hey, it's me when I'm out of mozzarella sticks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a little more. It, is, it definitely is comical, but here's the, here's the big question. The Leatherface Shuffle or the Leatherface Ballet? Mm. What is your preferred Leatherface move? Oh, boy. I mean, I'm probably more capable of shuffling than balleting. This, so. this is not about what you're capable of. This is about what you prefer to watch. Look, right before I die, I would like to see the ballet because at least he's really making an effort. The shuffle is a little bit low effort and low energy. I'd like to die by a ballet slice. If I'm going to sit here and break down the behaviors of the leather face as if I'm watching this animal from afar. Yes, please do. Um, the ballet is out of frustration. She got away. He was that close to getting her. She laughed maniacally at him, basically gave him the finger, the fuck you, I got away look. And then he just, the only thing he could come up with was do this dance of rage to get those emotions out. Now the shuffle, the shuffle is the intimidation move. Okay, it's like a happy move. I'm coming. You see this? Right here. (laughs) What you you, you can't see is Mark is actually doing (laughs) the shuffle right now. Now what's more intimidating, the leather face shuffle or the truffle shuffle? Oh God, the truffle shuffle is not even on the same like (laughs) wavelength as the... Ah, So far ahead. Let me one up you. The leather face shuffle or the Super Bowl shuffle? Oh shit. Now that's a battle of shuffles. Uh-huh. <laughs> Listeners, let us know your favorite shuffle. Yeah, hit us back. What's your favorite shuffle? Okay. Anyways, I didn't get to answer. <laughs> my my answer is the a leather face shuffle. Okay. I agree. I prefer the leather face uh, shuffle I'm because the leather face shuffle is a little more crazy to me. It's like, oh God, like who knows what's about to happen here. During answering a Q&A with uh, Gunnar Hansen at one of his last panels before he passed away, he was asked about this, and he said that Toby Hooper told him just to stomp on the ground, and he said, that looks stupid. And I was so frustrated, I could barely see out of the mask, and he caught out of the corner of his eye when he swung around once. He almost hit Toby Hooper in the head with the chainsaw, and it was a live chainsaw. Oh, shit. And he, like, jumped out of the way. And he's like, Jesus, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to do more of that. I'm going to try to hit Toby <laughs> with the chainsaw. And that's what <laughs> gave birth to the, the ballet. Fair enough. Wow. Because <laughs> think about it from his perspective. This is like the last day of filming. This costume has never been washed. He's wearing this hot thing in 90 to 100 oh, he's degree in weather. He's in heat right there. Like he's, he's miserable. 
Like, and these guys really put their effort into this to make this movie happen, and now it's you know considered one of the best horror movies of all time. Yeah, and it, it definitely is extremely iconic. And if you look at what it did for as little as it showed, and and the way it it executed itself, like it, you can easily see why this is hailed up there as a, a one of the the top level pieces. Now, is I it agree. executed on the technical aspect as well as some other stuff? Probably not, but. This is this is encompassing and iconic. I agree. I give it a lot of slack considering the time it was made, the budget that it had. I mean, when I take all of that into account, I think this was a, it's great. It is it is a great movie. I think every person who's even it passingly interested in horror should watch it because it is such a milestone film. I just happen to like the remake more. Sue me. <laughs> I no, I agree with you. I, I'm with you. I'm I'm team remake. Um, and it's rare that that happens, but it's okay to be on the wrong side of history, fellas. Oh, Everybody's gonna do it every once in a while. I know if that makes you feel better. I mean, <laughs> tell yourself that. If you haven't seen this, you need to. Uh, Leatherface is an iconic horror villain for a reason. His look, his size, his speed, his strength, um, just the bizarre Sawyer family, the cannibal weirdos that live out in the rural Texas state. It's so much fun just to watch them, like, what are they going to do next kind of thing. And I'll say this as a side note. If you watch this and you don't really dig it or it doesn't really appeal to you, give the remake a chance because it may, because the story, the concept, Leatherface, all that stuff still holds true in the remake. It just may be the execution's better for you on the remake, but... It's, it's definitely a more modern take on this. The chainsaw as even, a whole is awesome. Even like it's been so long, the remake is starting to look dated too. Like when you look at their styles and, and the clothes that they wear, it's just like... Oh, it's very more like proof that early we're getting 2000s, old. Yeah, right? it's early two thousands for sure. Lots of midriffs are showing, and yeah, fucking uh, yeah. the haircuts, the the soundtrack. But still, love it. Great film. Top tier for a reason. You should definitely check it out. Well, fellas, do you have anything else to say about it? Um, well, I forgot to mention this while we were doing the plot, but can I just shout out to that truck driver and I feel bad for him. The Black Mariah truck driver? I do. Yeah. I, uh, I imagine that life didn't end well for him. He was running right into enemy territory. No, uh, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs for yeah. that guy. He's just doing his job. Some lady screams you down and you don't expect a man with a chainsaw to come at you. No. And he tried to save her. Well, we don't so. know if he made it out or not. You guys. True. So, yeah. If you, people who own the rights now, this is your intro. Show us what happened to the guy who was a truck driver for the Black Mariah oh, truck Oh, because you truck. know that the remake is just going to take place right after the first there one. There you go. It follows him. <laughs> we see him die, and that's the start of Texas Chainsaw 2. Yeah. Boom. Wrote okay. it for you. You're that's welcome. Perfect. I did want to mention we blew right by it, um, but the, the bone room with all the chicken feathers and the chicken in the cage. Great set design. I couldn't imagine yeah. falling into a room with just bones and feathers everywhere. And who puts a chicken in a birdcage? A crazy person. That's exactly who. <laughs> That's right. That moment is a little bit cheapened for me, though, because I've seen part two. And once you've seen the Bone Banquet Hall compared to this room, everything just seems a little less awe-inspiring. Do you guys appreciate number two a little more after watching part one? Yes, absolutely. I think they go really well together because they're so different. I think they're like a yin-yang yeah. 
chainsaw. Number two is the radio station. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I guess so. <laughs> Chop Top, Bill Mosley. I, 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 I can only vaguely remember that. I feel like we've done so many of these now. I'm starting to forget some. I'll have to go back and listen to our episode, see how I felt about it. <laughs> That's let fair. Me, let check me check in, in with, with myself. Is that what you're about to say, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> check in with yourself before you get back to us. Let me check in with past John. Yeah, I, I don't remember what he thought. So. All right. Well, three recommendations. If that'll do it, fellas. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on our 76th episode celebrating the 45th anniversary of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Also want to give a special thanks out to the Grand Central Cafe and the gas station in Kingsville and Bastrop, Texas. Uh, This was a great place to visit and, you know, kind of do this whole thing here. You said Kingsville. It's Kingsland. Okay, Kingsland. I apologize (laughs) for all the kings out there who have taken offense. There is a Kingsville and it's outside of Corpus. Okay, well then Kingsland. Do not come to Texas and go to Kingsville. There's nothing there for you. <laughs> Very lost. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. If you like our program, please go to our Twitter, our social media, Facebook, Instagram. Give us a like, a comment. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Bye.